Monday evening, everybody. I am the host of the Monday Night Kickoff Show, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. We are experiencing all kinds of technical difficulties this evening. So if uh, I drop out, stay tuned, and I will return momentarily. Lots of stuff to talk about in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's going to take that long to go over everything that was at ICAST. I know ICAST is on the brains of a lot of folks. Um, we have a new best of show, new best kayak uh, in the marketplace now. We have a new uh, tandem that was brought out by Hobie. We've got a new size of the native propel. We've got all kinds of fun stuff going on in the kayak world especially uh, with the actual kayaks themselves. So with, uh, with that being said, we're going to hit a couple of commercial breaks right here early, see if I can't get some of these things hopefully worked out to where we can uh, proceed with the rest of the show. So let's uh, find my – actually, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a uh, – I'm going to play a one-minute and 46-second interview that was done. Um, our good friend Sean went over to ICAST, and he interviewed Kevin from, uh, from Hobie, uh, talking about the, the brand-new PA-17. Let's hear about that real quick, and I'll be right back. Hi, guys. This is Kevin from Hobie, and we're going to talk about the new Pro Angler 17T. It's a tandem pro angler. It's 17 feet long, 44 inch beam, and it has three different seating positions. It has the regular tandem seating position with the Vantage Seat XT and the social seating position where you're actually facing each other, looking at each other and fishing on the water. And you also have a single man position where you can use one Mirage Drive and your seat, and you can be on the boat by yourself. Uh, it's a really innovative boat. You have brand new patent pending H-Rail design where you can take accessories, put them on your kayak, and remove them within seconds. You can change the location by simply undoing the latch and moving them up and down or around 360 degrees on the rail itself. We have five new accessories that go on the H-Rail, including a new tackle box. We have a, a new cup holder, a rod holder, and a plate for your Scotty mounts and other accessories, and also a ram ball mount. On top of that, you can put two H-Rails on this you can have uh, with the H-Rail system on that H-Bar, and um, so you can stand and pull yourself up and stand comfortably on this boat. Um, the other thing that we added was the option of putting a trolling motor on the boat. You use a trolling motor bracket that, that can go right up front and mount within minutes. Uh, you also have a battery holder in the very back, so if you're going to put a trolling motor on, you need a 12-volt to power it up. You have a, trolling, uh, a battery stand right in the back of the, in the hull. We have up to 10 in-store rod holders, and we have three additional, or you can put as many additional rod holders on the outside. Um, and it comes with uh, so many accessories that you'd have to go through our catalog to see what we got. All right. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Cool. This, 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 I'm telling you right now, I love, I love doing kayak fishing radio. This is the one part about doing kayak fishing radio that drives me absolutely bonkers is when I can't get anything to work for me. And, and it's my computer. It's not, it's not the program itself. But anyhow, so there you go. 
you have a little bit of insight to uh, the PA-17 words. Do not do that particular boat justice, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a great platform for folks with little kids and those who decide to go tandem or a guy who wants a giant platform to be able to fish by himself, put a troll motor on it, whatever the case may be. Very, very cool stuff coming out of Hobie with that. Joining me on the phones, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the mayor of the Thousand Islands, Mr. Wade Hollowell. Hey, what's going on? Hey, the chat room's up. Is it up now? Yeah. I just got oh, in it. Fantastic. Brandy English and Mr. Michael and Chris, Chris Brandis. Cool. Little old me. All right. So, Wade, being that you are a native guy, yes, why don't you yes, tell us a little bit? Why don't you tell us a little bit about the new ten-foot Slayer Propel? Well, there's a the main reason, my understanding, from what I heard Woody saying, for making the ten-foot Slayer Propel was to provide some of those a little lighter weights. You know the the propel, the 13 uh, propel uh, with the drive in it is uh, 104 pounds, I think, without the drive. It's uh, 90 or 80-some-odd pounds. And uh, they shortened it up. They they took about, a, I guess, about a foot off the front, if you look at it. And, they, and for all intents and purposes, they chopped two foot off the back. It's like a, the, it's not even rounded anymore. It's just squared off. You know, they shortened up that rudder and, but the cockpit cockpit size is still the same size, and it lightened it up to about uh, I think under 70 pounds, somewhere along that uh, those lines. Not sure if it's 60 with the, without the drive or with the drive. I would think it's probably in the 70ish range, though. You know, and it makes it easier for somebody to load in and load out and get around, and uh, and uh, and it turns a little bit faster. It's just a little bit wider but it's still as stable. It's not as fast, but it's still fast. And I think this is a, a more uh, pointed at uh, somebody wanting a lighter boat and also some of the bass fishermen had, had input uh, that they wanted something they could turn tighter and quicker in some of the areas that they fish. So those serve all those purposes. The downside Very is cool. you lose a little bit of storage and stuff. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I got a chance to look at it firsthand in my many visits over to the native booth, going over there to talk to the likes of you and Peppy and Randy English and Kim and Wolfie and Mike and the whole crew. Um, always a good time to be had in and around anybody who's associated with native. Love those guys. And uh, it was a cool-looking little boat, man. Definitely uh, I could see a niche for it for, uh, for, little, for uh, excuse me, young people, too. Um, you know, getting smaller kids into into a boat that's a little bit more manageable for them, possibly that kind of thing. So, um, very very cool, man. There was just so much stuff to look at. Um, it was this was your first iCast, wasn't it? It was, and I only got to go and, for and one day. I had to, I had to work. So, and I what, took were a day your, off what were your what were your thoughts? There is too much to see in a day. But I covered yeah. the whole floor. I made a point of, you know, uh, I went up there with a uh, Pepe and and 
we uh, we worked the booth for a little while, we worked the exhibit for a little while, and we'd take a little walk around. You know, it was pretty free and loose. You know, there's always somebody there, so there's plenty of chance to get off and walk. And we tried to cover the whole floor, but you know, there was too much to see. So you you pass up a lot of things that uh, look neat, but you know you'll never fish with. It's more, you know, for different uh, areas of the of the uh, you know the northwest and things like that areas you would never really fish these things you know right neat seeing well, some of the people that you see on TV and things like that walking around oh yeah for sure um, a couple of guys from Deadliest Catch were there some guys from Wicked Tuna were there a bunch of guys from uh, different you know old school TV shows and whatnot always walking around now what was neat is the uh, I noticed that there was still a very a very strong camaraderie amongst all the kayak anglers. I mean, if, if two guys walked by each other and they knew who each other were, you know, you, you'd see them say what's up and kind of stop and talk for a minute, which is cool. Um, seeing the, I guess, what, what probably impressed me the most about the kayak side of the show was the fact that there was so much out there offered for kayak anglers. Um, oh, yeah. Being Ram and... Yak Gear and Scotty and, you know, a bunch of different companies that were there. Uh, there was a lot for us kayak anglers to look at. I noticed there's a couple companies that have come up with kayak-specific uh, rods and kayak-specific tooling and things like that as well. Very cool. New stakeout pole systems and all kinds of things like that. Um, my boys over at uh, PowerPole have unveiled their foot pedal controls. You basically just step on it and the uh, unit activates, um, works well with the micro as well as the full-size powerful. Um, but there was a lot of stuff. I mean, I was there every day, and with the exception of uh, setting up Monday and Tuesday, I was there Tuesday night for New Product Showcase, and I was there through Friday. And, dude, I'm telling you, I even found booths on Friday before it closed that I didn't see. Like, I was like, wow, how did I not find you? There was a cigar company there. I, never saw I, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, sure uh, there's a ton I missed, but, I, I mean, I tried to cover the cover the floor, and I felt it the next day. Just you don't think about it. You you have a sedentary job like I do where you sit at a desk all day and you're on your feet. I bet I sat down for probably 10, 15 minutes all day just up standing, talking with people, walking around. I was so sore from my hips down the next day just from doing yeah. that all day. I'm, I'm getting old, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't own a pair of tennis shoes. I, I, I own flip-flops and, and boots. And so, uh, you know, I decided the lesser of the two evils for three days of walking will probably be my boots and my Justins. They're, they're a bit more comfortable than my flip-flops. Well, that worked yeah. out for two days. The last day, there's just no way in hell I was wearing the boots again. I mean, I probably walked, I don't know. I wouldn't doubt it if I walked 20 miles, 30 miles in, in the two days that I was there. The first two days, just kind of making loops and going back and forth and here and there, whatever. But regardless, what was really interesting to me was to see um, the reaction to the demands within the industry. Uh, And I'm not speaking kayak specifically now. I'm speaking just fishing industry as a whole. Um, There's been a lot of scutterbutt going around the, uh, the industry of manufacturers who, you know, rod and reel manufacturers making 
things a little bit better, make, hopefully coming out with products that will last a little bit longer. Um, and one of the companies that I saw and I talked to, Daiwa, was one of probably the most impressive um, real manufacturers that I spoke to on what they've done now with their, um, I guess you'd call it an entry-level saltwater spinning reel. They've yeah. not made them water tight. They're not sealed, per se, but they did uh, they did uh, use their magnetic oil system. And forgive me, I don't have my catalog in front of me to reference exactly what that is called, but they have a, a magnetic oil system that they put inside their reels, which gave yeah. them uh, an incredible, uh, incredibly smooth feel. So didn't uh, uh, didn't uh, uh, Penn do something like that also at one time? Penn, Penn I remember had, seeing uh, it on it. It wasn't the same kind of oil system. I think this is a, a this this particular product is a Daiwa exclusive. But um, what the, the idea is a lot less maintenance. If water should get in, the oil will kind of dissipate it and, and make it kind of you know leave itself through the rotor. Um, but it was interesting the, the price points on those reels. Uh, pretty pretty standard for a good saltwater reel, anywhere between 129, I think, and 179, 199, somewhere in there. Um, That's the retail, so, you know, right on, yeah, right on par with uh, with your Shimano's and um, your Pens and Akumas and uh, and Quantums as well. So that was yeah. interesting. Um, rod manufacturers are putting better guides on their rods. Use you know what was interesting was I didn't see as many super ultra lightweight style rods as I thought I would. I think that some manufacturers are kind of pulling back a little bit from that because of the fact that there's so many issues with breakage with a high modulus rod. So um, either they didn't bring them with them because a lot of booths didn't have everything they have with them. Um, either they didn't bring them with them because there's nothing really new to show or they're backing off of it a little bit because of that warranty issue. Um, and I don't know if you read, but uh, Shimano has, has released that they will no longer do over-the-counter warranties anymore. Uh, it's a one-year warranty on their rods and on their reels. And that's one of the things. It's, uh, it's um, you know, uh, an issue that has come up time and time again with folks who buy these super high-modulus rods. You can't beat it around like an ugly stick. You have to treat it well, you know, a little bit more care, almost like a fly rod. You just have to kind of baby it a bit. Mike yeah, I've never – anybody... uh... Go ahead. Go on, I'm sorry. I was going to say Mike Welsh asked if anybody checked out the vibrating inshore rod. <laughs> I didn't I didn't ever see it. I think I just got caught. Hilarious, he says. Anyway, um, there was a lot of, I'm not going to call it junk, but there was a lot of, like, well, junk. There was a lot of stuff I saw that was just like, wow. You know, you kind of roll your eyes and just, okay, whatever, move on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say tonight, I'll, I'll tell you guys, the one product that I was probably the most impressed with, hands down over everything else that I saw at the show was the clutch fly rods. The yeah. clutch fly rods were probably 
the most impressive thing that I saw at the show for a couple different reasons. If any of you guys out there listening, Tammy was even all the way across the pond further than everybody else. Yeah. So for those of you listening, if you're a fly fisherman, think about getting into fly fishing, or maybe you're an experienced fly fisherman. These rods are not what I would call entry-level rods by any stretch of the imagination. The price point is on par for what it for what it is. Clutch is owned by a good buddy of mine, Lee, and Lee uh, has dedicated his business to pr- providing the finest quality equipment that he can made here in the U.S. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, it was... It was absolutely incredible. The, the guy builds – all the blanks are made here in the States. All the parts and pieces are made here in the States. The rods are all assembled here in the States. Um, they're out of – I think they're out of Ohio. I'm pretty sure it's where he's located. Um, but anyhow, uh, he just came out with his one-piece rods. So he makes a one-piece seven-weight, one-piece eight-weight through well, one piece seven weight through twelve weight, and uh, got a chance to throw those rods. And the first thing that caught my attention was when I walked up to the when I walked to the the casting pond. Everybody but one dude throwing a fly rod were throwing the clutch rods. Now, that doesn't sound like that big a deal, but when you're probably one of the smallest companies that's there as far as you know, size is concerned and reputation is concerned and and everybody's thro- throwing your rods over the Sages and over the Reddingtons and over, you know, everybody else's Loomis's and all the others that are out there, that, that speaks volumes. You know, either people were really intrigued and just needed to see what it was all about or people were just like in awe of the fact of what these guys had done. So, I wouldn't be doing my job as a retailer um, of maybe perhaps one day down the road of a, a, a prospective buyer of clutch rods for the shop and to um, host of the show if I didn't throw them myself. So I've got, I don't know, probably 25 years of fly fishing experience. So I know a rod. I, you know, I understand mechanics. I understand the feel and the whole thing. I walked up, I grabbed a hold of the seven-weight, four-piece seven-weight rod, just to see what it was all about. I throw a six-seven-weight six, um, bar ditch tarpon quite regularly, so I throw the seven-weight and blew my mind in a four-piece. Loaded, loaded really, really well, threw like a freaking missile. Put down the four-piece, pick up the, the one-piece. Just... I, I mean, hands down, even a better rod than, than the four-piece. I mean, just in, the feel, everything about it was just incredible. So I walked over and I sat down, and I'm, I'm just like look, watching people throw everything from the eight all the way up to an 11. And uh, I had to throw the 11 weight. I just had to get up and throw the 11 weight. It's just one of those things. I, I have kind of a love-hate relationship with big, heavy fly rods because typically they're really hard to throw, especially with a big fly on the end of them. But I threw the 11 weight, the length of the pool, which is about 75 feet, and with two or three really long strips, I was able to pick up the fly line and heave it back out again with one back cast, which was awesome. Now, 
fast forward a day. And Tammy Wilson, who most of you guys will know, Tammy Wilson was with me. And Tammy Wilson is probably one of the most accomplished fly anglers that I know. She's, she's up to 88 different species of fish on fly. And uh, so it goes without saying that this woman knows knows a thing or two about fly rods and how to fly. And how yeah, to she just a, increased um, it to 88 this weekend, didn't she? Yes, she did. So congratulations, her for that. But uh, got her Mayan cichlid, I believe it was. But anyhow, Tammy steps up. And Tammy throws the 11 weight, two back cast throws 75 foot of line, picks up the 75 feet of line in one back cast, picks up the 75 feet, throws it again, and throws it out of the back of the pool and almost into the Rio fly line booth. And then like it was no big deal, she reels in the fly line, hands me the rod, and she goes, wow, that was really impressive. And she tells Lee, the owner of Clutch, that was really impressive. And then she walks away like, no big deal. <laughs> it, it, it was just like, it was one of those moments for me. I, I was in awe, you know, and I just like shake my head and walked away. But the guys from Clutch, super cool dudes. Uh, I've got a great story about, um, about the guys from Clutch and, and, and what took place around the casting pool during the week. So here, here it goes. The fine folks from Beavertail Skiffs had one of their skiffs in in their booth, and uh, or in their own booth, right? So they were there, and uh, the the owner of Beavertail Skiffs had a son with him, and I guess the son had never really thrown a fly rod before. So you got some of the best fly fishing guides and fly built fly rod builders teaching this young man how to throw a fly, right? Oh. In two days, in two days, this kid is throwing a fly pretty well. Obviously, he's got some work to do, but he's got the basic concept down, and he's throwing this fly. So uh, Lee comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man. He's like, isn't that incredible? I'm like, dude, that's nuts. He goes, we're going to give him that seven weight that he's playing with at the end of the show. Wow. And And I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Now, Granted, the kid's dad owns beaver tail skiffs. Matters not. The kid's set, the kid's twelve years old, I think. Yeah. And and here's here's Lee, walks up to the kid and hands him a seven hundred dollar fly rod. That's that, my friends, is what this is. That, my friends, is what the sports all about. That's what this industry is needs to be all about. That's, That's we kind of overdoing. Teach a kid to fish, huh? Let me tell you. Let me tell you something, man. That that right there, small, that small little move that he made right there, probably sold a lot of fly rods for him, and will make customers oh, yeah. for life. You know, it, it goes without saying that I want clutch fly rods. I mean, there's there's no doubt. Alan has a clutch fly rod, and one of these days I'm gonna steal it from him. But um, yeah. When you watch somebody that that just takes the time with, in fact, I got an even better story about it for you. And I, I don't mean to make this the clutch show, but I was so impressed with these guys. And I had Lee on the show here before as a guest, by the way. <clears throat> Some months ago, we had him on the show. But uh, so uh, Von Cochran, who owns the Black Fly, 
up in Jacksonville and also owns the Blackfly Lodge over in the Bahamas, is, is standing there by the casting pool. He's ready to put together an order for um, Clutch. And Lee tells them, tells his crew, hang on a second. Give me a few minutes. I'm in the middle of something. And that was while he was teaching this young man how to throw a fly. He put off writing. He put off writing an order to one of the most recognized people in the fly fishing industry, the owner of one of the one of the nicest fly shops I've ever been in, to to continue to help the kid throw a fly. Spent 30 minutes, yeah. in fact, teaching him how to throw the fly while they waited. I mean, they were probably that's a, that's a different. Oh, of course they were, but dude, that's a completely different level of uh, that's a completely different level of of understanding the future of our sport and and helping to get a young person just fired up about it. You know, it's crazy when dude, and I don't know if you saw the guys from Clutch, but I don't know what those dudes eat in Ohio, but there wasn't one guy in that booth, with the exception of a couple of their pro staffers, that was under six foot four, six five. And I, I would I would be generous to say that they were under 300 pounds. Yeah. Giants. I mean, these dudes are just big dudes, and they're down on their knees sitting next to this kid down by the casting pool. They're down to his level and trying to get him to throw. It was awesome. It was awesome. For sure. Uh, what else? Let's see. So we all know now that I love Clutch. I think that they're, that was probably the most impressive thing that I saw at the show as far as uh, fly rods are concerned. I didn't really take a whole lot of opportunity to throw very many others. Um, I threw a few, but not very many others. And there were some really nice rods out there. But for the most part, the brands that I carry at the shop, nothing really has changed um, from last year to this next year. So uh, moving along from there, uh, my, my good buddy Tim Creasy, who's patiently waiting for me to probably – talk about their new product uh, into the Yeti booth, you know, talking about wizards and sorcery and unicorns <laughs> and everything else. And the, had a couple strange looks, people looking at me like I was crazy. Uh, probably didn't know what the hell I was talking about, which is cool. You know, you got to sometimes keep people on the edge of their seats. So, uh, we're, t- we're talking about uh, <laughs> it's about time. Um, so the hopper for those the hopper for those of you that don't know, Yeti's new product for next year will be the hopper, which is a um, <laughs> which was a, a CD a, a CD recording thing. <laughs> the what? A TV yeah, recording, a TV recording, recording thing? thing. Yeah, absolutely. The hopper. Um, anyhow, it's a, it's a insulated zippered cooler bag slash dry bag slash safety device. <laughs> oh, I saw that um, thing. That thing, that, that thing's heavy duty, man. It might stop it bullets. Is heavy, it is heavy <laughs> duty. Um, where that is a Kevlar vest. Yeah. So, uh, but here's the thing. So the zipper for the the hopper is made of – it's the same zipper that's used on um, 
chemical agent suits. So nothing gets in, nothing gets out. So if you were to fill that bag with water, zip it closed, and hold it upside down, it wouldn't leak everywhere, which is pretty awesome because I don't know about you, but there's been many a times where I've had soft-sided coolers in my truck, in the cabin of the truck, on the back seat or whatever, hit the brakes, thing rolls off the seat, hits the floor, and if there's any liquid in the bottom of it, it spills out in mixed mess. The price I had some water in my floorboards before. Yeah, the price tag's a little up there. Um, you know, you, you got to understand that when you're buying something that is made of that quality, you're probably going to have unicorns. To well, yeah, the <laughs> unicorns and the, the unicorns and the wizards didn't have anything to do with the uh, hopper. That was the that was the rambler. Me and Tim Creasy have both decided what is what they did to make the hopper, and we can't discuss that on the radio. So it's got an inch, it's got an inch of uh, insulation on the sides, inch and a half on the bottom, keeps everything nice and cold, yada yada yada. If you are going to uh, if you're going to use it as a dry bag, you know there's guys who've been prototy- have been using the prototypes, and they uh, They've used their they put their cameras in it. They're they're really expensive Canon and Nikon cameras. They put their cameras in the bags and run all over the flats and done all kinds of stuff, whatever. And they float. The bag will float. So if you should get thrown out of the boat, tossed out of the kayak by a manatee, whatever, it'll float. You don't have to worry about losing it. So that's always good. Price tag on that puppy will be two ninety nine retail. So much like everything else that Yeti makes, the price is a little up there, but I am a firm believer in you get what you pay for. So, oh, you yeah. know, it's, uh, that thing is built like, uh, like, like a brick, you know, what house, um, mm-hmm. I try to pull it apart and play with it and, you know, whatever. And, uh, got some strange looks I'm like tugging on it and stuff, trying to break it, but, um, nice unit. Very, very interesting. So the ceramic braid scissors, moving along now. I see Mike Welsh is asking about it. No, how big is it? Um, going back to the cooler. Uh, I don't have the dimensions in front of me. It is in between the roadie size cooler and the 35-quart cooler. So in between a 20 and a 35-quart cooler. Um, and, yeah, it looks uh, bigger than my AO that I have. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 in between those two sizes of coolers as far as uh, capacity. So I would say probably a, a case, maybe. Uh, it's 6.5 gallons. There you go. 6.5 gallons is what it'll hold. Um, so there you go. Oh, and they also have, I almost forgot, they also have an accessory that will strap to the front of it that you can use for sunglasses or, you know, snips or, whatever you want to put in there. There's a little like pouch type situation that you can get that's Velcros to the front of the bag itself. Um, that will be an accessory that will not come with the bag. So yeah, they also had accessories for the, the coolers too. to make pole holders and uh, cup holders and stuff like that for the regular cooler? Oh, one? yeah. Yep, the Yeti coolers. Uh, actually, now the Yeti coolers, you can attach, like, as Wade said, um, rod holders to them. 
the down inside the little slots where you would put your straps to hold it down to the bow of the boat. Um, you've got a cup holder you can put on there. I even saw a seat, a kayak seat, that will strap to the lid of a uh, of a Yeti cooler. So, like a standard old school sit on top kayak seat. If say you're on a Diablo or you're on a maybe a big rig or something that's got a real flat floor and you want to be able to sit a little bit higher, um, utilize your cooler also for a seat. You can do that with that as well. So I did the, see that. It wasn't in, that wasn't in their booth, though, was it? That was somebody else's No, it wasn't. They that was, on a that was in the, yeah, that was in the Yak Gear booth, and I think they also had one over at the Diablo booth. Yeah, that's. I think that's where I saw it was Diablo. I'll stop there with Pepe. Yep. So the ceramic braid scissors, I believe that those were done by Logic Lures. Mike? Mike Walsh is in the chat room there, and he, he threw out the, the ceramic braid scissors. Um, I believe those were by Logic Lures, yeah. Those things are pretty sweet, man. Really, really nice. I didn't get a price point on them. Um, took a look at them real quick. I was kind of in a hurry. Um, definitely something that we'll probably end up having at the shop. Um, check them out on their website, though. I know they're up on their website. You can see them there. Uh, they, do, they do cut very, very well, and uh, they should, in theory, stay sharp for a very, very long time. So, um, And they also came out with their, I think they call it the Venom series of baits, which have rattles and tails as well. Um, about $20 retail is what Mike's saying on those scissors. Um, another good, inexpensive product that I, that I found was a nice pair of aluminum pliers that were done by P-Line. Uh, P-Line came out, has come out with a bunch of stuff this year, including some new braid and uh, a couple different tools, pliers, uh, snips, that kind of thing. And uh, they have a really nice pair of aluminum pliers, comes with a sheath and a retainer for under 20 bucks. And uh, you can buy replaceable jaws for them as well. So when the jaws wear out, you can replace the jaws and you have yourself a, a nice set of pliers for right under two, right under 20 bucks. Um, Speaking of really inexpensive nice accessories, did you see that uh, that that, uh, cup, that clamp cup holder? It was, it was like a uh, you clamp it on the edge of your seat. It's like two cup holders or a pole holder. Or you could use it for any yeah. of that kind of stuff. Put bottles in it. That's hey, kind of neat. Simple yeah, product. About it a little bit. You got some more information on that one, Wade? I do not. I just saw it. This, <laughs> they had it. Up, the guys brought it by the uh, native booth, and I was uh, checking it out. We were fiddling around. I was put. I didn't have my Yeti Rambler with me, but the the small uh, the small Yeti cup fit in there, and you know any bottle, and you could put your pole in there. We were goofing around with it and stuff like that. But I thought I it was uh, kind of a neat Robo product. Grip. That's what Randy's it was. Robo it, grip. Yeah, the robo grip. There you go. Um, you know what's interesting? Uh, I think we just had our boy Tim Creasy join the, the chat room there. Kentucky Turkey Hunter, possibly. But anyhow, um, let's see. Uh, what was else? Oh, the other thing that was really cool. Um, oh, man, now brain fart. <laughs> oh, let me check the chat room real quick. Large swim bait by Biowa. Biowa. I guess I'm pronouncing that right. The Strout 2.0 in a shad pattern uh, was the best lure for the guys up in Jacksonville. 
Um, this will be all the rage from the East Coast at the time. Cool. So check that out. I got, dude, what was crazy is I got so many funny looks and people making fun of my uh, my little pull-behind cart that I brought with me, my little wagon, not wagon, but my little box thing, pull-behind deal. But let me tell you something. I have right now probably 80 catalogs that are sitting in that thing in, in the shop. And uh, I have a lot of work to do going through all those catalogs. But that thing was a blessing, man. I'm watching these dudes carry backpacks, their shoulders are hurting, and these little small, you know, bags. You got two or three bags that are carrying around because not everything would fit in it. So, uh, yeah, I like my little little deal there. I haven't even mentioned that you guys can call in at any time, as always, here at the show. 714-816-4727 is the guest call-in number. 714-816-4727. I'm going to have to get Tim Creasy and some of these guys, maybe Lee, from Clutch and um, some other folks to call the show in the next couple of weeks and kind of talk about the new products and whatnot and see if we can't, um, you know, raise a little bit of uh, interest on, on that front. I know we were talking about maybe doing some things with Yeti at some point with the show as well, and uh, we'll figure that all out when that comes time. But I did, however, stand in line for 35 minutes for a free Rambler, even though that I can buy them really, really cheap for myself. I like free. So I did get a 20-ounce Rambler um, that is full of ice as we speak in the refrigerator, and then I've got my handy-dandy trusty 30-ounce Rambler, also full of ice, sitting here next to me. Come on right here. Yeah, mine's got some Arnold Palmer sweet tea in it. The the last of my Arnold Palmer sweet tea I'll be drinking for a while. Um, it's time for me to get back in some shape, man. I realized how fat and out of shape I was when I was uh, round, walking around. Round is a shape. Round is a shape. Indeed. Indeed. That's what uh, I tell myself every day. So let's see. I thought you were cutting back. Uh, yeah, whatever. And so um, let's see real quick. There's another uh, interview that I'd like to play real fast if I could find it. This is going to be this – this interview will be with TackleWebs. Let's find that real quick. Give me an opportunity to grab the phone charger. Stand by. Oh, man, Mike Ortego from TackleWebs. Yeah, our boy Mike Ortego from TackleWebs had a great showing. If you guys didn't get a chance to stop by his booth, if you were at ICAST, you missed out. Um, he's got some really cool products, including cooler webs that can attach to any cooler, rotomolded or otherwise. Um, Tackwebs bags, of course, are a staple on my boat. My PA-14, I've got one, two, three, four, five Tackweb bags on my PA. I've got one underneath the front hatch and four on my chair. So let's hear what they have. Michael Ortega with Tackwebs, and we've got, of course, a lot of items for the kayak angler. Uh, one of the most popular items is the, the Hobie uh, Vantage holster set. It's a side, straps into the side of the Vantage seat. We also have our 16 by 12 and 12 by 16s that fit on the front and the back of all the raised chairs and, uh, and such. And we also have the custom Hobie Outback holster set. It has the plier sheath in it. Okay. And we also have a new 12 by 10 that fits on the, the kayak crates. It can either be bungeed in, they'll come with bungee cords. You bungee it right into the crate. It doesn't have any any uh, bolts hanging out and intruding into the crate. Or you can permanently mount it as well. So those are all new items. And then 
We also rolled out the cooler webs, which is a pretty neat item everybody's been liking. You can install inside the lids of your coolers, keep your stuff from getting soggy, sandwiches and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You don't want sitting in the ice sure. as you're out fishing. So. Now, I've also seen you guys have... Um, you know, products for some of like the standing bars or the H bars or different yep. things in the front of the kayaks, like either on the, you know, Jackson Big Rig or, you know, the Hobies with the, the standing bars that you've got stuff that attaches up yeah, there. Yeah, we've got right? bags. We've actually got a 14 by 6 bag that comes in Velcro and a bungee system that can be used either on the top or on, can be Velcroed on the side of a lot of kayaks and canoes and stuff. And then we also have the 16 by 12 that a lot of guys are using on the uh, the stand up bars as well. Okay. So how do uh, how do people find you? Website. Check us out at www.tacklewebs.com. All right. Sounds great. Thanks. Thank you. There you go. Oh, Mike Ortego. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I was confused for Mike during the, uh, during ICAST. People would say, hey, Mike. I'm not Mike. We have beards. <laughs> we have beards. We're both kind of heavy set. That's about it. It's about where the similarities mm -hmm. end, I guess. But uh yeah. It's uh I don't know, man. It's fun. There's it's just so much to talk about. I mean, we have an interview too with uh with Native. I think we'll wait till next week to get to that one, but uh I know Chip Gibson's gonna talk about a lot of this stuff too on his show. Um you know, I'm I'm grateful for having the opportunity to at least go and, and see everything and have an opportunity to talk to some people that I haven't seen in a, quite a while and and uh, see what was new and exciting, you know. And as this being the second show I've been to now as a shop owner, um, it, it puts a different spin on it, you know. Now you got to try and weed through everything and figure out what's going to work best for your store, not so much as let me go and help represent my, my own personal sponsors. And... Uh, I feel bad. There's a couple of them that are out there that are listening to this, I'm sure, and I didn't get a chance to stop by the booths and say hello and spend much time. Uh, but sorry about that. What, what stuck out in your mind, man? What was something that, uh, I mean, anything that you saw besides, obviously, the native stuff and the, and the uh, robo-grip thing and anything else that you saw <laughs> that was, like, earth-shattering? Well, I was just kind of, uh, like I said, I only had one day to get there, and and uh, it was just uh, really overwhelming to me. I mean, I stopped at uh, quite a few booths and talked to a lot of people. It was, uh, and uh, you and uh, running into people, you know, and stuff like that, and them showing you things. I hung out over there at the American Tackle, you know, after talking with uh, Durwood about his adventurous rods and stuff like that. I was impressed by the energy they had and and uh and what they were i uh was uh talking with uh the Lozier's and they had mentioned something about this uh i'd mentioned something about wanting to find some uh fishing shoes because i keep wearing them stupid crocs and i hate them and they had told me about astral i was talking to astral guys and they their company's right down the road from native and they said they wanted to get everybody a native with these things on their feet well i left that day and give me a pro deal on, you know, basically half price on their shoes. I actually had some that fit my big feet, and I wore them the other day, and they were great. Ah, so you're the, the one. Uh, I was impressed by the, the Astral shoes. I actually shoes. bought a PFD. Huh? Is it you're the one that got the big shoes? Oh, yeah. 
I got the 13s. Yeah, I, I went a by there looking for a Did you get the new one with the, uh, with the high back with the big vented area? I didn't get the high back. I got the, I can't even remember the name of them. It, uh, I think it starts with a B or something like that. But I, cool. I'm wary about ordering shoes online and stuff like that because not only do I have a long foot, I have a very wide foot and a high instep. It's just big all around like a big club. And uh, they fit me nice. And I wore them all day and didn't have any issues with them. And and uh, they didn't even stink the next day. Peppy was uh, not happy with the shoes he had. He bought a pair of uh, pastels because uh, he says he can't, he, he can't get near those shoes after he worn them. Just, I guess the river makes them stink and stuff like that. But they is were really Astral's, nice folks over there. Took care of them. Huh? Did Astral stink or the new shoes don't? No, the, no. The, the old shoes he had that he was wearing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So he got a pair of Tim Astral's. Creasy. I don't know if he got a chance to wear them yet. Yeah, Tim Creasy. I went out to fish the... What's that? Hang, hang on a second. Tim Creasy asked in the chat room real quick. Uh, for the guys that went to the show, what did you think about the attendance? Um... Is it a good sign for the industry? Was it well attended? Um, yeah. You know, here's the thing. I heard a lot of people. We actually sat down at lunch one day, and we were talking with some folks from the Midwest, some trout fly fishermen from the Midwest, and they weren't very happy with having to travel to Orlando for the show. Well, the attendance at the Orlando show was much better, in my opinion, than the attendance that was at the Vegas show. My other point was, you can't take a whole bunch of fishermen and stick them out in Vegas and expect a whole lot of business to get taken care of. <laughs> because they're going to go out, they're going to drink, they're going to get really drunk, and they're going to have hangovers the next day, and no one's going to want to talk to anybody. And that's exactly what happened last year in Vegas. It was, you could tell from 9 o'clock in the morning when the show opens until probably 11, you might as well just walk around booths and not ask anybody a question. Everybody was just still hammered from the night before. Um, I, think it was, I think it was a very, very well laid out show at this particular one. Um, it would be nice to see maybe the kayaks lumped together, maybe some of the rod and reel manufacturers a little bit closer to each other. Um, I understand why they don't do that, because if you did that, then people who were going there to see the one thing would not walk around the whole show. Um, but with that being said, I think it was a great show. I think Is it a good sign for the industry? Yeah, it was a good sign for the industry. I would say, especially the kayaking industry, the fact that the last three, no, the last two years, a kayak type uh, product won Best of Show, um, and then uh, what in 2000 was it 2012? Hobie won Best of Show with the PA12. So, you know, it, it's just it's one of those things. It's it's a great it's a great location in Orlando um, for families to come. So when a guy wants to book your trip to come down to ICAST to work a booth. He could bring the whole family, leave them over at Disney for a week or whatever while he goes to work at the at the convention center. Um, I don't think I'd bring any of my family with me to Vegas except for my wife. Wouldn't bring my boys to Vegas, that's for sure. 
Um, so yeah, no, learn sometime, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but no, I thought it was a great event. I, I'm glad it's not going to be in Vegas for another couple of years. Um, I heard some some scutterbutt running around. There may they may actually have ICAST in Orlando for the next three to four years, which would be interesting. Um, it wouldn't hurt my feelings on that at all. Um, but, you know, I, my plan for the shows upcoming in the next couple of weeks is I'm going to grab these catalogs and I'm going to kind of go page by page in, in, in a sense with some of the products that we saw that were brand new to the market. One of the things, another, another product that I'm glad to see coming, and I think you will be too, is, uh, Wade, is the Helios 30 is now going to be offered in a high speed. So, um, you know, it was only offered in the 40 size last year, um, or the 40 and the 2500 size, but it'll be offered in the 30 size as well next year. So, and by saying next year, listen, guys, you don't have to sit around and wait till January 1 to see these products. Most of these products are going to be available for us to order if they're not already available for us to order um, next month. So the way that most of the industry works is is kind of not on the actual calendar year. It's different seasonal. I like that Helios reel a lot. I remember uh, last year when Randy English turned us on to those Helios reels. And out there, it was a demo day we were having. He was checked this out. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it is a slower retrieve than my Shimano's and stuff like that, no doubt, but I've caught plenty of dang fish on them, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's completely different. There's, it's a different retrieve, different drag, everything. And I like yeah, it there was a, It's easy to clean and take apart and clean real quick. It's, if you open them up, they look real simple inside, you know. I just found that I have uh, a Logic Lures soundbite. So we were talking about the... the uh, scissors earlier. Let's see what this is all about. Stand by. Hey, I'm Brennan from Logic Lures, and I'm here to introduce the new Ceramics Braid and Fly Scissors. With ceramic blades, there's no rust. It has a brass pin that holds them together and a plastic handle. Cuts braid like butter, and because ceramics is second hardest material to a diamond, they stay sharp. It comes with a lanyard and clip. It's a lifetime scissor. You never have to worry about washing it. The ceramics braid and fly from Logic Lures. Yeah, so those are—I uh, mean, those are really nice. They're small, they're compact. Um, where, where can they get them? They'll be available on the market in three weeks at uh, a lot of the Florida locations and also online at LogicLures.com. All right, sounds great. Thanks. Thank you. There you go. So I've had with every scissor though has never been with the blades. Generally, it's always the the, the rivet that pivots on it. I wonder what that's yeah. made of. Uh, he just said, so we'll see how there's a little brass pin that holds those things together. So uh, that's probably what it'll be. But um, yeah, it, it was it was it was a good show. It was a great no, it was a great show. It was uh, it was everything that you would expect ICAST to be and and a little bit more. Um, didn't do any of the fun after party stuff really. Uh Richie did uh open up his doors over there at the Gaylord Palms to allow us to come out and hand feed some redfish and tarp and stuff like that, which was awesome. Um there's this there's a there's this one giant red, it's like 
got to be 43, 44, 45 inches, whatever. And um, this thing was like a dog. You stick a mullet in the water, you come up and eat the mullet and just kind of sit there like, okay, now you can pet me, you know. And you could reach down and, like, pet him and touch him and stuff, and he didn't freak out. He just kind of chilled. It was cool. Um, Justin Carter from uh, our OB team, he tried to pick him up a couple times. And at one point, I think he thought he was feeding his harpin when it was a big red, and he tried to lift like a bass, and that didn't turn out too well for him. He ended up with some cuts on his hands. But Feed him up? Yeah. So, um, but it was fun. Did we you, had a great uh, time. Did I watch? Did you mention the the big boat? Yeah, that's what, the one uh, everybody was looking at. The tandem. Yeah, I played a little sound. Thing was about gigantic. Oh, did All right. You so here's the yeah. Here's the deal. All right. In in the, the kayak fishing slash boat industry. You know there's going to be scutterbutt. There's going to be people who are going to talk trash. And there's going to be people that are going to naysay. And you're going to be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's huge. It's, it's not even a kayak, blah, 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 blah. It is understand, huge. <laughs> yeah. But, un, but, but, under, but understand something. Everyone has to understand that Hobie has never considered the PA to be a kayak. The PA has always been considered in their catalog a boat. That's what they call it in the catalog. It's a boat. This, the, the thing I see that's going to be really, really beneficial for people who want a tandem in the form of a pro angler, <clears throat> guys with little kids who you want them to have the security of a really, really stable platform and a very comfortable chair, um, and plenty of room to separate you from the crazy kid with the Zebco 303 throwing, you know, beetle spins or spinner baits or topwater plugs or wherever you fish. That's one thing. The other thing is, for somebody like myself, this gives me an opportunity to take my son, who, is, who has special needs, out on the water with me in his chair. All right. I don't have to try and figure out a way to buckle him into a kayak seat, which obviously would not be a very good idea. I can take him out in that boat with no hesitation in the chair that is designed for children who have special needs. You think right. my, my, what's that? You think both your kids are that one? Oh, yeah. No, no. I could take Trey and Logan on that boat. There's no, easy. But I have, I have yet to been able to get Logan out in the kayak because of the fact that he doesn't have muscle control. So he doesn't have a whole lot of muscle tone, I should say. So he can't sit upright and stay sitting upright for long periods of time. If, he goes to, if his head rocks to the left, he's going over, you know. Yeah. He can catch himself, you know, but for the most part, it, it, he can't, it, it's hard to do. So – when I first saw that boat at the new product showcase, I immediately, immediately said, I want one. I don't care how big it is. I don't care what kind of trailer I have to get. It doesn't matter. For me, as a father who wants his boys to be able to experience the water, and I, and I don't want to own an actual physical boat with a combustible engine. I have no desire. I've owned them. I don't want another one. Thank you. Um, it, it's perfect, perfect. 
I mean, the gunnels on them are higher than that of the normal PA. Not much, so, you know, enough to notice. It's got three stages for uh, the Mirage Drive. You can you have three different styles of seating positions. You can either sit it as a solo, sit it as a tandem, typical tandem where you're looking at the back of the person's head, or you can do the social seating where you're looking at each other, staring into each other's eyes. Right, Wade? That's right. That would be perfect for Mike <laughs> and Ed when they go offshore again. There you go. Mike and Ed can stare at each other's eyes while they vertical jig. Um, Correct. But, you know, for me, that's that's why I look at it. All right, that that's to me why it makes sense. It also makes sense for anybody else who has kids who don't want to buy a typical, um, a typical uh, tandem. They want something that both of them can stand in it at the same time and, and cast and do whatever. Um, Tim Creasy doesn't know it yet, but me and Tim are going to go out and we're going to. I'm going to pull them around in the motors and we're going to have some heart-to-heart talks for sure out of the uh, PA-17. But the other thing I like about it, honestly, is uh, is it's, it's an awesome, and Alex just texted me, it's an awesome guide boat. For somebody like Alex Gritschke who wants to take people out in the no-motor zone, he can set a client up in the front of that thing, and he can stand on the back probably on either a homemade pulling platform or have one actually built or a Yeti cooler. He can stand on top of something back there and pull his clients around just like a little flat skiff because it's 17 feet long. <laughs> so it is like a flat skiff, <laughs> you know. I've seen um, a homemade uh, pulling platform on a PA before when I was out there to Needy Creek that one time. Got a homemade pulling platform on it. There is so a there is there is some scutterbutt running around. Of there may or may not be a prototype polling platform of sorts that may have maybe being played with right now. I'm not I'm not saying that that's going to be something that'll be available through Hobie. I'm just saying that I've heard that somebody's already been playing with a polling platform for it. Um, front hatch. The front hatch is about the size of the one in the PA12. Biggest one in the 14, which is cool. Gives you that little bit more floor space. But man, for a single, as a single position boat, I don't know how how well it'll move through the water. I'm sure it'll be a barge. But for someone like me that loves to throw the fly, to be able to stand up on a cooler in that thing, pull the seats out of it, have nothing on the floor but just flat deck space, it'll be a fly fisherman's dream. Price tag fifty two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But when you sit down and you think about it, a tandem island is is more than that. You know, obviously it's a different category of boat, but at the same time, they sell. Um, at Kayaks by Boat, we, we routinely sell PAs. We've, we, in fact, we've sold I don't know how many this year. We sold a ton of pro anglers. And and a lot of them going to the same house. So the price tag, yeah, it's up there. But when you consider that some people buy two, sometimes three, uh, sometimes two or three PAs at one time, it's it's not that far fetched to to consider somebody maybe picking one of those up. I look at it a lot like a guy who wants a Mirage Drive boat that he can take by himself, 
standing fish out of it the same way that Jackson came out with the big rig. I mean, the big rig, sorry, the big tuna. When uh, later Tommy had, when um, Jackson came out with the big tuna, everybody looked at it and were like, man, that's dumb. It's 14 plus foot long. It weighs 85 pounds dry weight. It's, it's a big barge, whatever. How many times did I take that thing by myself, Wade, and fish with you guys out of that thing by myself or Alan? fish out of that boat by ourselves and it works fine it's a great boat for that but that's that that's what sold that boat so well is that it was a tandem that fished really well as a single you know native has one too native's got the uh, the ultimate that's a tandem and it can also fish really well as a single but most of your tandems don't fish very well as singles because you, your seating position stuck in the back of the boat so but the ability to be able to move around quite a bit more, I think it's going to really, really make a difference. Um, you know, and the seats are a little bit different, the way that they, they lift and lower. It's just a little bit different on that aspect, but the seats themselves are pretty much exactly the same. It's the bracing that's a little bit different. Um, oh, and when you're sitting, because it's going to come up. But what about backwards? Well, yeah, you can put your Mirage Drive in backwards if you wanted to, and the person sitting in the front doesn't have to paddle or pedal, sorry, until they have to. And when they do have to do it, like to back away from mangrove trees, they can then kick their feet and back the boat away from the mangrove trees. So in a sense, we kind of do have reverse. <laughs> I mean, it's not reverse on the fly as cool as the native is because that is pretty awesome not gonna lie i watched randy stop stop short one day and that was pretty sweet but uh it, it can be done and you can drop three you can drop three mirage drives in that boat at any time there's three there's three mirage drive holes in that boat wow so yeah exactly <laughs> you get you get two teenagers and a dad or two you know younger kids and a dad and every and everybody is pedaling. That boat will move. Can you man. put three seats in that? Yeah, huh. sure can. There's a there's a spot in between the front seat and the back seat where you can drop a seat in. Oh, for single use usually, but you can make three way too. Right. But uh, there you go. So, pretty awesome stuff, man. We're gonna talk a lot more about iCast in the, in the next couple of weeks to come, as I had said before more so about the products than the actual show itself. Um, I do want to take an opportunity to thank everybody who I spoke to um, who's listening to tonight's show for taking the time to speak with me and go over their products the way they did. Um, I felt very, very well taken care of by everybody except for um, Tim Creasy from Yeti. He kept blowing me off, which pissed (laughs) me off a few times. And, uh, you know, I kept trying to score some swag from him, and he kept telling me no hurt my feelings but uh <laughs> but um no i'm kidding it was it was i saw you it trying was to great. steal a fly rod too uh, over there american oh, yeah. Tackle. yeah <laughs> okay let me jump on that real quick so american tackle makes a blank now called the prosciutto blank and the prosciutto blank basically it's the same not basically it is it's the same blank that i'm using right now on my inshore rods my buddy derwood roberts of adventurous custom rods he builds the rods that I fish with nowadays, and uh, the he's built me two six foot eight, six to twelve medium action rods for throwing plastics. 
He's built me a 7.2, 6 to 12 medium action rod that's kind of a dual purpose, smaller plugs, bigger plastics, and then a 7.4 um, medium action. Um, it's an 8 to 17 pound class blank, which is for my bigger plugs, my, ta- my, my longer uh, plugs and that kind of thing. Um, they came out with a Bruschetto or Bruschetto um, fly blank. And so, of course, I had to go throw it. And the, the, the pool was closed. They're getting ready to do the award ceremony, so the pool was closed. So I walked out into the concourse and just kind of threw it out on the carpet while people were walking by. And uh, it was a, if, if I remember correctly, it was a two-piece, I want to say it was a two-piece eight-weight. And uh, it threw really nice. It did. It threw really, really nice. The thing about it is, um, that rod built pretty much the way that this one was built should be able to retail for somewhere around 200 bucks, 200 to 250. So, you know, it, it could be more than that when they finally come out. But from what I, from what I kind of put together in my head, asking prices and this, that, and the other, uh, it should be able to come out around that two to 250 price point. Uh, retail, which would be great. I mean, there's definitely uh, somewhat of a need for rods in that in that price point that can handle um, saltwater fishing. So, thank yeah, you for I reminding me about that. I remember about the, the the they didn't even have the eyes that they planned on putting it on there yet either. Yeah, they didn't. Bigger the guys, eyes. The guys that were on there were bigger than than the standard guides they would have put on there. So there was a little bit of slop in the fly line, um, but even with the slop that was coming through the guides, it still threw pretty well. I was I was impressed with it enough to where I did. I tried to I try to I tried to take it home and uh I got shot down because it's the only one in existence. So um <laughs> but whatever man, you can't fault me for trying. Um yeah. But yeah, no, nice, nice stuff, man. Nice stuff. We got some really, really exciting things to talk about in the next couple of weeks. Um, the Renzettis, who are local here to us, they're right here in Titusville, um, debuted some new rods as well, um, along with some new uh, fly tying hooks and some new material. Um, hopefully, we'll get somebody from Renzetti to call the show in the next couple of weeks so we can talk about some of those new items there. Um, soft plastic companies, you know, I mean, it was kind of like standard. I didn't really see a whole lot that was that much different. Berkeley did come out with a couple of new, uh, Berkeley Gulf has a couple of new baits. They've got a twin tail swimming mullet and they have a hollow shrimp that's much like a tube bait where you can stuff the thing full of scent if you wanted to, like procure or whatever. Um, but fished, the way I looked at it, if, if you fish that bait, with a split shot and a circle hook as opposed to a weedless hook or a, uh, a jig head, it would have such a neutral buoyancy to it where you can even possibly even shove like a small piece of foam up inside the body and give it a little bit more buoyancy to where if you're fishing in an area that's really, really heavy with grass, you can keep that thing up out of the grass real well that way, kind of scurry it right across the top. So, uh, yeah, we should uh, – oh, and there, there you go, Randy English. This can go on all night. Um, the new crab lure from Live Target. I see that we got some of the uh, – one of the Cable brothers is in the chat room still. Um, I think that that would be a great bait for those guys up there fishing the uh, the, uh, 
the Dmlet up there in Jacks, that live target crab. That thing is sick, man. I can't wait to drop that thing in all over and uh, see what happens. But um, cool looking crabs got a lot of life to it. They come, they have them. They have a jig head for it that'll stand it up. The claws kind of stand up like in the fighting position. Lots of movement. Was that in the that uh, shovel headed jig head that was with that? Yeah. No, what is it? Swivel headed? No, it's not swivel. It's, it's, no, it's, uh, I said shovel headed. Shovel. Like a, yeah, almost yeah, like shovel a shovel. Yeah, yeah. Like real wide. Yeah. yeah, it fits the bottom of the crab. It actually has the same markings as the belly of the crab would have. It's from Savage Gear. Um, that's who it was. Savage Gear, not Live Target. Excuse that's me. right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, those, those are awesome. Savage Gear's got a couple other really cool baits they came out with. They got a new shrimp that they came out with as well. Um, but, yeah, there's just so much to go over. Um, next couple of weeks we'll definitely do that. Let's do a little fishing report right now. Talk about that real quick for you guys before we jump out of here. Um, obviously offshore, snapper season's still open. Some of our guys here in the chat room got to get out there with Captain Alice Kritschke doing mothership trips and got on their snappers. Um, lots of kingfish hanging around. Lots of bonitas hanging around. So there's a little bit of everything to go down. Lots of sharks, of course. There's some trigger fish. Lots of cobia showing up. Lots of guys bringing in lots of cobia. And I don't know if you guys saw the video I posted before I jumped on the show tonight, but uh, somebody took a video of two big manta rays cruising right behind the uh, the uh, first set of swells there at uh, at Playlinda. Big big manta rays pushing lots of water right behind the uh, right behind that that first set of swells there. So um, good possibility cobias will be on the beaches in the next couple of days. Check that out. Watch out for Catherine. She's making her way back up the East Coast. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with that, she's the big great white shark that hung out outside of Jacksonville and then down here by Port Canaveral for a while and slid on down south. She's already passed eight the Gulf. today. Is she, is she already passed the third? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's flying. She's, she's hauling butt. She was, down, uh, she was down in Fort Lauderdale yesterday. So she's yeah. moving. So. You know, keep your eye out there, Jacksonville guys, St. Augustine guys, whatever. Um, she's cruising around. Don't get eaten by a great white shark. That would suck. Uh, you definitely make it on the news, though, so that there is that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in short. Did you get to so do any fishing shore, this got, weekend? No, man. I'm, there's no way. <laughs> I tried no to. Fishing at all, huh? No, I mean, I went out for a few minutes early in the morning before I went over, before I went over to Orlando with Randy one morning. Um, no, sorry, it was the day before I rode with Randy. And uh, I did all right. I got, I got a couple small tarpon, but there wasn't nothing really to talk about. Um, but there are a lot of tarpon around, lots of snook. Uh, the reds have kind of been hit or miss for a lot of folks, um, unless you're Keen McElroy and you come here and you, you catch a grand slam, including a pompano on plastics in our backyard. <laughs> yeah, I was out and, there with uh, a day. I got a slam. You got a slam too, didn't you? Yeah, I got a tarpon trout and, and redfish slam. There you go. I could have gone up under a bridge and probably got a little snook, but I didn't feel like going back up the opposite direction I was going. I was just being lazy. Right. So there's that. Um, bass fishing's been really good, if anybody cares about that. There's been uh, quite a few big fish being caught. Actually, pretty decent bass bite going on over in uh, Fox Lake and down the street from me in the little pond at Fay Lake. It's been pretty decent. 
Um, a few exotic species have been popping up here and there. I know some guys have been catching some snakeheads and um, a pocky that I play with every now and again, still hanging around. So um, get out there and have a good time. Try to find some fish to play with, pull on, whatever. But, uh, yeah, the bike's been good first thing in the morning on just about everything till about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Make sure to keep your eyes to the east and to the west looking for those storms so you don't get stuck out there. Um, you don't need to do any search and rescue missions to try and find anybody in really bad thunderstorms. Um, try and have a float get you a good weather app. Yep, get a good weather app. Also, have a float plan so that you can leave it written on the refrigerator door or whatever. When you leave the house in the morning for your wife, girlfriend, or whatever to find, um, at least to stay here to know where you're at and about what time you should be home. So in case you don't make it back, they can uh, they can uh, what was he say? They can find you. Uh, Alex just texted me. I was not really sure what he said. See if I can pull it up. Alex found some redfish today. He got four today with his clients. So uh, that's cool. Right. Um, yep, lots of things going on uh, as far as that's concerned. Float plan, safety equipment. Make sure you guys wear your PFDs out there. Listen, there's enough manufacturers of PFDs on the market right now. Somebody makes one that will fit you comfortably to where you can wear it during the summertime. I know it doesn't look cool all the time to have a PFD on for pictures or whatever. Uh, if that's the case, you're worried about that, get an inflatable. Um, know if you buy an inflatable PFD, you have to wear it. You can't put it in the bottom of the boat and say, oh, there's my PFD. If you own an inflatable, it has to be on you. Otherwise, it doesn't count, and, and FWC and Coast Guard can ticket you. Um, sunscreen, of course, lots and lots of water. I got dehydrated last time I went out fishing uh, in the kayak. Um, I didn't feel well at all coming back to the truck. I drank three or four big cups of water, and it wasn't enough. So um, make sure to stay really, really hydrated while you're out there. Wear your sunscreen. Um, what else am I missing? That's pretty much it. Oh, there's uh, you can buy those sleeves. If you don't want to wear a long sleeve shirt, you can buy those sleeves that uh, kind of cover up your hands a little bit and your arms. They're real lightweight. Real nice material. Uh, a bunch of different manufacturers make that stuff. And, uh, you know, just cover yourself up from the sun. You don't want to get skin cancer, man. That sucks. I've got a couple spots I need to go get checked out in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah. You see me, I'm it. always covered up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you, you got to be, man. I mean, the sun, the sun's brutal down here. And, uh, oh, one more shout-out real quick before we go. I want to say thank you very much to uh, – um, Estrada Art, I got over here and talked to those dudes the other day at the show. Guy has some really, Eric Estrada, he's got some really, really cool uh, designs and hats and T-shirts and things like that. He also does um, hot sauce and he also does coffee. So kind of a full gamut there. But check out his artwork. We'll be having it there in the shop pretty soon. And uh, his, his apparel, that is, we'll be selling his apparel at the store. So with that being said, Wade, you got anybody you want to thank, brother? Well, I always give a shout out to Native and and uh, and uh, you know the Hook One crew, and I never can say enough good things about our Slayer baits we use all the time. And to you and KDB Outfit, 
Thanks, buddy. And uh, to everybody there in the chat room, we appreciate you listening. Guys are going to be listening to this later on the podcast or downloaded on iTunes for free. Uh, tell your friends about us. We're going to start doing some – we'll try and do some uh, little games here on the show where we give away a prize pack or two every so often. Again, we're trying to work on that with a couple different manufacturers, <clears throat> Tim, and uh, see what we can come up with. But, uh, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, with that being said, I hope everybody has a safe week out there. I want to thank my sponsors, RCI Optics, Tackle Webs, Hobie, Real Adrenaline, Energy Drinks, Ego Nets, ENO, Adventurous Custom Rods, Power Pole, Slayer Ink Lures, Benning Branches, and Tova Cameras, and, of course, C-Deck. If you don't have C-Deck on your uh, kayak, contact the fine folks over at C-Deck. They're located in Rockledge, um, right here in, in Central Florida. Those guys probably already have a template for your boat, so all you have to do is contact them, tell them what color you want. Um, you know, they'll give you a price on it and go forth and conquer. So uh, with that being said, again, everybody have a great week. Um, be safe out there. Watch those storms. We're, we're going to get hammered pretty good during the afternoons, it looks like, the next couple of weeks, so or next couple of days, I should say. So uh, with that being said, I hope you guys have a good week. Take kid fishing in the future of our sport. And with that, we are out. I think that's Alex. It's on hold for 22 minutes. Brother, I am sorry if it is. If, if it's not, I I just went back to my studio page, and I feel like a jerk. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week, folks. <laughs> take it easy. All right. Thank you, Wade.